for listening to Tony Michaels Live podcast with Texas Paul on Facebook. I refuse to allow a stupid fucking narrative to live. It has nothing to do with that. We spy on each other. Every fucking nation on earth that has the capability is spying on somebody so that they, they can... Um, actually, I'm going to go to YouTube so I can do other things at the same time. Trump rally shot down and after no one shows up. Ninety percent of seniors can qualify for the three thousand three hundred dollars flex card, but most don't even know about it. Did you know that you could get help with doctor visits, groceries, vitamins, dental and hearing exams, and even get their rent or utility? Yeah, bills thanks covered. for fifty k. Listen, because of limited availability. But so, folks, one thing I think we've all noticed at this stage is that old Donnie isn't running the same oh, sort Donnie. of operation he used to run. That say whatever you will about that absolute monster of a man, the first couple times he ran for president, he had actual campaigns with actual rallies and actual events. Uh -huh. But just now, Trump has been forced to shut down events and rallies because no one is showing up. Because he can literally, guys, he literally can't get people <laughs> to answer his phone calls. He can't <laughs> organize anything. <laughs> and he's relegated to the fact Tony that Michael's everyone's betraying him, including his Facebook former VP. And point. crucially, he cannot raise money. And all he's good for right now, which is in turn causing his events to fail, Tony is putting out the most deranged, right nonsensical videos. Let's start with the newest development around Mikey Boy, his former VP. Because Mike Pence hasn't, you know, he's been subpoenaed, we heard about that last night, and he hasn't formally made a response to that yet. But something that Pence did, and very purposely did, has already stabbed Donald Trump in the back. And my goodness, guys, I think it was actually a clever move by Pence to destroy Donald Trump, and I think it may well work. Let's start with that before we get into the fact that the rest of the right wing movement is Listen, Trump rally now. shuts down tonight after nobody shows up. Calls, eh, he can't eh. organize anything, and he's relegated to the fact that everyone's betraying him, including his former VP, and crucially, he cannot raise money, and all he's good for right now, which is in turn causing his events to fail, is putting out the most deranged, nonsensical videos. Let's start with the newest development around Mikey Boy, his former VP. Because Mike Pence hasn't, you know, he's been subpoenaed, we heard about that last night, and he hasn't formally made a response to that yet. But something that Pence did, and very purposely did, has already stabbed Donald Trump in the back. And my goodness, guys, I think it was actually a clever move by Pence to destroy Donald Trump, and I think it may well work. Let's start with that before Let's we get into the so. fact that the rest of the right-wing movement is ditching this man. Mike Pence, what do you want to know? Huh. Well, I think you're absolutely right. This is pretty much the last step before you approach Trump. The fact is that Pence was present in any number of meetings in December and January, in particular meetings on January 4th and 5th with John Eastman, where apparently John Eastman told the president was encouraging the state elect to set aside uh, counting certain states and to delay and then some question about whether or not that was lawful or not. And Trump, and the reason that's important, 
is if Trump is going to try and claim that he acted on the basis of advice of counsel, you need to know what those discussions were in terms of saying, is this lawful, isn't it? Now, the reason we know about all of those conversations is because Mike Pence wrote an editorial at the beginning of November last year about all of these meetings in advance of his book coming out, where he talked about all of that. So you can't very well go into a grand jury and claim executive privilege when everything Charge you're trying him. to claim privilege is something you talked about As in your book and in the Wall Street Journal a few months up. ago. So yeah. I think these are absolutely critical discussions that are going to really show not only where Pence might have been a victim, but also explore those areas where Trump might try and use his defenses to any sort of charge. And let me, and I'll throw this out to you, any of you, but maybe I'll start with you, Charles. Is there any possibility that some sort of, uh, I think we don't have Charles's audio, then I'm going to give it to you, Ari, is it, the ball goes to you. This idea of... trying to claim privilege. It doesn't feel like there's any way to do that to the points that Peter Strzok just made. A lot of this is publicly known. And we just had a January 6th probe that was very thorough that went through a lot of this information. Any chance that there could be anything that stands in the way of this interview? It's going to happen. It has to happen. It, it's going to happen. The vast majority of the material they would want is not going to survive a real privilege review. The, the, the vice president, the former vice president, is entitled to the courts. Um, that process could delay it a little. Um, and there may be somewhere in there, little pieces, oh, this question goes to something else and is not a crime and is privileged. It's possible. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we're talking about um, unlawful orders, demands to commit crimes, um, demands to do things that are not in any way privileged. If anything, quite the opposite. Uh, a judge is going to look at that and say, no, you got to tell the truth about that as yeah. they investigate a crime. So no, I don't think he has a strong leg there. It might be a delay tactic. So you can see there that Pence has been very coy about his response to the DOJ. He said he would never go to the J6 committee. But Pence wrote a book, and Pence has spoken about many of these issues in public. And that says two Hang things. Pence. One, he's not going to be fully silent. This code of silence that Trump demands from others, but of course, never respects himself, Pence is not adhering to that. If he did, he wouldn't have written a book. He Hang my pants. He wouldn't have done a speaking <laughs> tour. He wouldn't have spoken about his opinions about J6 and how he disagreed with Trump and all of that. If he was truly loyal to Trump, we would have heard nothing from Pence in the last couple of years. And while we haven't heard enough, we've heard more from Pence than we have many other people, if we're being honest. And critically, because Pence has said things in his book, and because he said them in public, in writing and in speeches and in interviews and all of that, that makes the argument that it's protected by executive privilege very hard to uphold. Because if it was protected by executive privilege, how could you write a book about it? Like if, if you can't say it to the DOJ in a private meeting, how the hell could you say it on a book 
that could go out to literally every human being, hypothetically, in this entire planet. Right? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's nonsensical. And so what a lot of people are saying is this connects to this move by Pence where he doesn't want to look Charge like him. he's being, uh, you know, like he wants to talk, but he's being forced to do so. And one of the ways he can be forced to do so is by his book existing, making the executive privilege argument tenuous already, absolutely uh, untenable, 100%. Didn't but it gets for worse Graham, for Trump because he put out this deranged Pussy video today, bitch. and it connects directly to the fact that his latest rally, his latest events, have been shut down because zero people want to come. Listen to this maniac, and you'll understand why. Joe Biden's war on American energy is one of the key drivers of the worst inflation in 58 years, and it's hitting every single American family very, very hard. Biden reversed Bush every action down. I took that achieved kind of energy independence, and soon we were going to be energy dominant all over the world. Energy dominant. <coughs> he canceled he the Keystone XL pipeline. He re-entered the Good. horrendous Thank Paris you. climate Brandon. accord, so unfair to the United States. Good for other countries, so bad for us. He put up huge roadblocks to new oil, gas, and coal production, Good. and much, much more. Thank you, Brandon. In effect, Biden's anti-American energy crusade is a massive tax hike You're the only on fucking everything. fascist Higher energy costs raise the price of food, material, shipping, transportation, construction, manufacturing, and everything else. The country that now benefits most from Joe Biden's radical left Green New Deal is China. China. High energy prices China. are a gift what? to China. Major what factor you in driving our emphasize heavy China. A fucking race. If you want to be an advanced manufacturing nation, China. you must be able to produce low cost sucker energy. You'll never be a rich nation without it. And if you want to deindustrialize the United States, then you would seek to drive up Mushroom the cost of energy pecker. here as much as possible, just as. Joe Biden has done, perhaps Take unknowingly. Take that name out of that, your mouth. I don't know. Fucking That's traitor. why Biden's energy Worst agenda is China's energy history. agenda. That's why China signs up. Worst every criminal in human history. And then immediately breaks it. Fuck you. They don't live up Puss to their the deals. Bitch. When I'm back in the White House, uh -huh. I will bring back a pro-American energy prison, policy. Going to motherfucker. This is his pol the, the, this, the, this is apparently is his policy announcements. It's absolutely unhinged, unhinged xenophobia and unhinged insanity, and it shows the hypocrisy of Trump. Because in many ways, when when the gas prices are high, he's like, oh, you know, uh, Biden is destroying our country, and he's trying to purposely destroy our industry by making the prices high so he can secretly help China. He's like, maybe Biden's doing it by accident, but who knows? But the effect is that he's hurting our country and helping our enemies, blah, blah, blah. But what we've seen this from Trump and other Republicans, that whenever Biden has done anything to get prices lower, and he has gotten prices quite a bit lower, like, for example, opening up the, 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 the oil reserve, right? So you could produce more petroleum, lowering prices, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Republicans have attacked him for doing that, saying that he was being political by lowering the cost of living for Americans, right? It's just insanity, and it continues here. Seniors don't have to worry about paying for dental visits ever again. Thanks okay. to this new 2023 Bye. benefit. Bye. lawyers to hunt down every unnecessary... 
pussy ass bitch. The federal registry that hampers domestic production, and we will wipe them off the books. We will again get out oh, of Paris, and we will rapidly issue approvals for all worthy energy infrastructure projects with a focus on maximum speed to bring prices down rapidly. So get those proposals ready now, because we are going to put Happy thousands Valentine's of Americans to building the power plants, pipelines, grids, ports, refineries, and shipping terminals of tomorrow. We are going to have very inexpensive energy again like we did just two and a half years ago. This great undertaking will also help restore hope and aspiration to America's young people. Instead of being irrationally terrified by political predictions of climate apocalypse, instead of toiling for low wages or left-wing make-work projects, I have a vision that will give young Americans a chance to find real meaning in work once again, like we had it two and a half years ago building the backbone of America that is powerful, prosperous, productive, vigorous, modern, independent, and free. We will be great again as a country under the next Trump administration. The return of American jobs and the American dream will be powered by the return of American energy. And it's in this context, guys, like this maniac, guys, this maniac, this man wants to be president. He's screaming in his Mar-a-Lago. I don't even know what that room is. A hallway? Like a, a, a study? It's a, I don't know what it is. It's way too dark. This is what These are his campaign events. This is the Trump campaign now. He's done like that really crappy event in, in, in South Carolina where like they couldn't even fill a very small room. Um, and that, that's basically it. He did a speech in New Hampshire, I guess. But like these are his campaign events. This is Donald Trump's campaign. And you ask yourself why, and it's because he can't actually get anyone to show up to a real event. And there's a few reasons for that. Well, we've talked about this before, but one is money. I know Trump stiffs the bill in all these communities whenever he holds a rally, but even he, he doesn't stiff 100% of the bill. And even the bills that he does pay, they're very expensive. These events are expensive to run. And right now, the big donors are gone. And as noted in this headline, and we've talked about this before, Trump is being forced to effectively run like a digital-only campaign from his house because no one's footing the bill for his very expensive rallies like they were before when he was president and even after he lost, but he was still seen as the, the only option. He was doing all of these big expensive rallies. Uh, that's not happening anymore. Donor draw dollars are drying up and these rallies are expensive. He cannot afford to do them. He especially can't afford to do them if no one's going to show up. And he's been trying to plan big events in some early states. And in places like Iowa, as he tries to plan events, or again, zero people want to show up. No one's answering his phone call. Literally. Top Republicans aren't picking up the phone, it says. Trump announced his 2024 presidential campaign before anyone else, other any other Republican. But it's remained a question how much influence he still holds over his party. Bloomberg's Jennifer Jacob reported that Trump is struggling to drum up support in Iowa, the state that kicks off the Republican primary and is seen by many as near essential to win for eventual nominees. And it notes that while Trump didn't win it in 2016, it was still very important. And it says... Chuck Grassley and Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds didn't answer phone calls from Trump recently, Jacobs wrote in a report. Other Iowa Republicans are also declining to publicly throw their weight behind Trump going into 2024, according to a new report. So we can't have events. How can you have events if, you, if people aren't even picking up your phone? They're not even doing it. 
So you ask yourself, why isn't Trump having rallies? The guy loves rallies. Right? He <laughs> loves them. You can tell he loves the energy of those things. Right? Say what you will about him. He legitimately is having fun at those rallies. And now, he can't even have them. They're being shut down and canceled. He's only Nothing's doing Durant speeches in his basement or whatever. Because rub. no one's picking up the phone. Pence is betraying him. And he's got no cash. So he's fucking done. Done like dinner. Trump is done. That was trending on Twitter. That's actually a Midas touch. Peace. Popcorn. Exclamation point. It's about damn time. Done like dinner. Yeah, what a burn, what a cut, stick your finger up your butt. <sighs> Lao Tzu's quotes, which are better known in youth to not to regret in old age. That was really great, actually. Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Here's the truth. Is this a sponsored thing? Political beatdown! Oh my god, it's live! Welcome to the political beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis. The beatdown brigade is here, and here's what we got for you today. Let's talk oh, updates on the Manhattan live. District Attorney's Two hours criminal ago. investigation into Donald Trump. Michael Cohen, of course, is a awesome. key witness love in that show. case. Michael Cohen has some exclusive breaking news for us in just a bit. Oh. And in some other news, Donald Trump was oh. caught with another folder that had a classified <laughs> marking on it, one that he was apparently sleeping with, and that his new lawyer claims was being used by Trump to shield the light was caught with telephone a... next to his bed. You, you can't make this stuff up, Cohen. Some other breaking news as we were about to go live. Former Vice President... And 
has expressed his intention to object to the subpoena he received from Special Counsel Jack Smith on the grounds of the speech and debate clause, which usually... Yay! Punch back. I mean, political beatdown. Exclamation point. It's... <laughs> Down. You need some music, I will help. Members of the House of Representatives and the Senate, but now Pence is saying <laughs> I actually wasn't acting as a vice president, I was acting as the president of the Senate, so please, please don't subpoena me. In other news, Steve Bannon <laughs> apparently is not paying his legal fees. Please and the subpo don't subpoena me anymore. Is set to release three portions of the special grand jury report. Melody. Please. Exclamation point. <laughs> da -na -na. <laughs> on election interference this week on February 16th. This and more on the political beatdown. Cohen, a lot of news to discuss. Alrighty. There's so much, Ben. It's, you know, it's, first of all, again, it's always great to have our political beatdown brigade with us as we sit and raw, unfiltered, not your 13-minute you know, your thirteen minute or your 12-minute or your 8-minute um, news reporting on whatever the topic is. We try to get into depth because this stuff is not simple. This is not easy stuff. You just simply, you know, have a two-second conversation, generally by...
people who have no requisite knowledge other than the fact that they are in the field. Okay, not every lawyer should be talking about the district attorney. Not every lawyer should be commenting on this guy. What was his name? Timothy Parlatori, the new attorney for Donald Trump that Joe uh, from Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, called a schlub. I mean, that's what he looks like. He looks like a schlub, and Joe wanted to know, where does Donald find these people? Where is this new crop of fools coming from with the most bizarre, outlandish response to the question of why Donald had, for example, those empty folders in his office anyway? So we'll get to that and more. Ben, always good to see you. Good to have our brigade with us. Where do we start? Well, before you before you give the brigade the breaking news story regarding the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation, we're going to have to just tease that slightly. I want to play that video, though, with Parlatori, and I want to get your reaction to it. It's just so astonishingly stupid that I know we need a Cohen reaction to it. So this is Trump's lawyer trying to explain why there was a folder with a classified marking in Donald Trump's bedroom that the uh, Department of Justice had to subpoena to get back. Here, let's play this clip. Now, you also turned over an empty folder marked classified to investigators. Where was this folder and why was it turned over? The folder is kind of one of the more humorous aspects of this whole thing. Uh, This is not a classified folder. This is a folder that when my team went through and searched and they wrote up their report, which we turned over to DOJ, they saw it's a, it's a folder, a Manila folder that says classified evening summary on it. And it was in the president's bedroom. Uh, he has one of those uh, landline telephones next to his bed and it has a blue light on it. And it keeps him up at night. <laughs> so he took the Manila folder and he put it over it. It would keep the light down so you could sleep at night. And it's just this folder. It says classified evening brief, evening summary on it. It is not a classification marking. It's not anything that is controlled in any way. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing in it. And when DOJ found out about it, they went crazy. And they said they actually gave me a subpoena to say, give us over this empty folder that means nothing. How did they find out about a folder on his bed table? We put it in our report. We, when we did all of our searches, we wrote up reports on everywhere we searched, everywhere we looked, anything we found, where we found it, and we gave that to them because everything that we've done as part of that search has been in the spirit of full cooperation and compliance. And when they read that and they saw, oh, there's this folder here that is so far outside of the scope of the subpoena or anything else, they demanded it back, and so now the president has to pay. a different way to keep the blue light out of his eyes. I'm sure he has other options. So, oh, in your reaction? Said <laughs> one of our brigaders turned around and said the exact same thing that I was thinking. The guy looks like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. And all I want to say to that schmuck is, giggity, 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 oh yeah, okay, all right. Bullshit. 
I mean, I call bullshit on it. Doesn't Donald own Mar-a-Lago? Doesn't Donald Trump have like 50, 60, 70 people there working for me? Is it working for him? Is it not possible if the blue light is bothering his extremely delicate and sensitive eyes? Don't you think that he could have easily, easily called in somebody and replaced it? One would think the answer. No, no, no. Let's not replace it. Let's cover it instead because it just makes sense. Let's cover it with a top secret folder. I mean, this this ain't is my mate, as Baby, don't laugh at me. If you tell you again, my story, don't, don't cry I'd for me. Take my time this time I made. This guy looks like a schlub. He acts like a schlub. He's absolutely Cooper. stupid. He's made he Take it on down now. In every way, shape, and form. This is my. All of a sudden, he's expecting my Cooper. I'll take it on down now. Take it on down. Take it on down. Take it on down. Basically, use the folder in order to stop the blue lights. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This it's is my. As ridiculous as Alina Abba's stupidity. My Mayor Cooper. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'll take it on down day, now. It's just another lie to the American people, believing that the American people are stupid. That just because they say it means that we're going to accept it. And I can assure you that there's nobody, even the people who are the Trump supporters that are following us right now, even they don't buy this bullshit. No, and, and by the way, I love the giggity giggity impression. I think we got to <laughs> clip that. But when you listen Gig, to what giggity. Carla Tori, that lawyer, was saying also, he goes, it's not a classified folder. It's just a folder that says classified on it. <laughs> what? It's just a folder that has classified markings on it. That take doesn't it on mean down, it's classified. Take it on down, and then take we also learned, down. though, that the contents, whether it was that folder or another folder, were downloaded into a laptop. So classified information downloaded into a laptop of at least one current aide to Donald Trump, a laptop from hell, if you will, and that laptop had to be turned over to the Department of Justice as well. I mean, look, you compare the way Biden has handled everything, saying to the FBI, look, just, you, you want to search it? Search it. There's a gigantic difference. Even Pence, who we're going to talk about in a bit, he's so scared of his own shadow or the shadow of Donald Trump or Donald Trump posting it frightens uh, Pence so much. But, you know, look, Pence handled the documents the right way. And, and that's the difference between cooperation Pussy and criminal obstruction. Bitch. And Trump is on the side of criminal obstruction here. And speaking of which, you got special counsel Jack Smith as well that we learned um, uh, subpoenaed and actually called before the criminal grand jury in uh, Washington, D.C. We learned Evan Corcoran, uh, one of Trump's lawyers, as well as Christina Bob. And we learned that the Department of Justice, you mentioned Alina Haba, they had questioned Alina Haba. We don't quite know yet if she's spoken before uh, the grand jury uh, yet. But Trump's two lawyers, uh, the key ones who were working on the, working on obstructing justice in the a stolen document uh, case. Uh, Corcoran and Bob were both dealing with uh, the Department of Justice and before that the National Archives. 
throughout 2022, they basically tapped Christina Bob to try to throw her under the bus with the DOJ. Remember that, Cohen, back in June of 2022? They were like, hey, Christina, come here, come here. You really love Donald Trump, don't you? Yes. Would you do anything for him? Well, can you just sign this attestation to the top counterintelligence official of the Department of Justice and just just let him know that you've done a diligent search and that all the documents have been returned? Well, I'm not sure if I should do that. Donald Trump would love it. Okay, I'll do it. Boom. And now she's in, you know, being investigated for crimes, as is Evan Corcoran, right? I mean, they both stepped right into it. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. I think it was Boris Epstein uh, who... Truthfully, it was not somebody that Donald even cared for during the campaign. Somehow or another, you know, he's remained in Donald's orbit simply because he was smart enough to stay to the left of Donald's wrath long enough to be one of the few people that have remained altogether. It's almost, you know, like he's, re- he's remained there not because of the quality of what he's providing, but simply because everybody else has been killed around him. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And then you got now Jason Miller coming back to the alleged campaign. One, because Jason is probably working cheap. And two, again, because he's one of the few people that are willing to come back into that orbit of shit uh, and reap whatever repercussions that he will sow, considering his, you may remember, I mean, he was uh, charged at one point or he was uh, accused of improper sexual relations with campaign staffers and so he's he's another just a total ass clown but putting all this aside when i saw this i mean i the first thing i thought is we need to put on our merch store we need to put some classified folders up there maybe it'll be like a uh i don't know a memo pad or something like that this has got to be the dumbest thing i have ever ever heard of any lawyer forgetting about the fact that it's Donald's lawyer. This has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say, ever. And the fact that he's willing to do it on television and to the public, I mean, that to me is just amazing. Um, Why? I have no idea. Complete embarrassment. He can kiss his career goodbye. Yeah, I mean, just in the... In the nick of an eye, right there, in the blink of an eye, just boom, there goes there goes his career. Cohen, I want to get some updates as much as you can tell us. I mean, look, you are the key witness in the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation into Donald Trump. So being that is both an incredible opportunity for our listeners and viewers to have you co-host this show, um, but also it does come with limitations, obviously, and having to respect the process, which... You've done every step of the way. Um, But what can you tell us in terms of any updates there that you may be aware of that has not been reported anywhere else? So, you know, everybody's heard there's obviously a lot of back and forth that's going on between the district attorney's office and Mark Pomeranz, who recently put out this book, The People versus Donald Trump. It's fascinating that there are really two schools of thought here. The first school of thought is... Why would Pomerantz do such a thing? There's an ongoing investigation. He shouldn't have put out a book. And then, of course, there's the second school, which is um, it's all about transparency. He believed, um, and rightfully or wrongly, that the investigation was over 
in the fact that both he and Carrie Dunn resigned because Alvin Bragg took the position that you know there's nothing going on here, refused to take their position, which is that we need to immediately indict. Well, um, whatever camp that you're in, truth be told, I think it's irrelevant. Most of what Mark writes about in his book anyway is information that has been made public over the course of the past two, two and a half years, really since this investigation started, or even longer than that, over three years. Remember that the very first time that I met with the district attorney's office, I was still in Otisville. Um, the first three times they came, they came to visit me while I was there. So this investigation has been ongoing for quite some time. I do believe, and here comes the big announcement, uh, I am going back. I'm going back to meet with prosecutors, and it's already been put out there by whom, why, I don't know why it becomes such a big deal, but I will be going back for the 16th time to meet with the new team at the Alvin Bragg District Attorney's Office um, on Thursday, and I'm looking forward to seeing the team again uh, and to answering the questions that I can. Now, will I be the key witness? I don't know if I would go so far, call myself the key witness. Uh, I'll allow that to be determined by the DA's office. But one thing I can tell you for certain is that I certainly am a witness. Uh, and the information that they continue to ask um, and continue to delve into uh, now into the minutia, me, is a very positive indication that Alvin Bragg uh, is seeing something now that both Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn saw over a year ago. Now, I've also been on Joy Reid and Nicole Wallace and, you know, half a dozen other shows where I talked about this. And my belief is that this is Alvin Bragg's office at the moment. He was the one who was elected district attorney. And I think it's only fair that we give him at least enough uh, leeway that he decides when the case should be brought. It's not my office. I certainly don't make that, despite the fact that I believe uh, that the case was right a while ago, but it wasn't my call. It's not your call. It's not anybody else's call other than the man who was elected to the position. And at this point in time, I think he is getting there. Um, you know, everybody's been using, as I said the last time uh, on the show, that everyone's using all of these metaphors dealing with transportation, especially aviation. I think we should put that that. It just wasn't ready for takeoff. Well, like I said before, and I'm going to stand by that statement, I think that we are on the tarmac, we are taxiing out to the runway, and at the end of the day, I know what I care about. I know, Ben, what you care about, and I know what our political beatdown brigaders all care about, is that we all end up at the destination. <laughs> Give everybody else a pardon, but, uh, put him to death. I believe that that destination <laughs> is indictment, prosecution, and the conviction. So that's big news that you're hearing first here exclusively on the political beatdown. Michael Cohen telling the beatdown brigade exclusively here that he will be meeting again with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office for the 16th time this Thursday, which you will...
also believe in, and from my perspective, as a lawyer as well, when the meetings start getting uh, nearer and nearer. Each other and more Smiley frequent. Face. That is usually a good sign. You use the transportation metaphor right there. And then for those new to the beatdown brigade, um, you couldn't delve into much information, but you did say, Michael, that you were very impressed with the team of lawyers and the team that you've been meeting with. And you even went so far as to say, as much as you were impressed with Carrie Dunn and Pomerantz, this team right now, so far, and again, I think you qualified it with, you met with the other group far more times before, but at least your initial impressions of this group is that they are very impressive, they're very serious people, and to use your transportation metaphor, this is a team that wants to fly the plane in the right direction. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I tried to explain, so this will be, again, the 16th time. The three times when I was in Otisville, ten times uh, under the Cy Vance administration with Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn, uh, as well as their team, this will now be the third time with this team. And they are, as I stated before, they are equally impressive to the earlier team. They are very much in the know. They have a tremendous grasp of all of the information over a multitude of different areas. Um, impressive group because, remember, they're only at it since January. Whereas the other team, you know, had the information and grew the information over a period of two years plus. So they are certainly, the new team is certainly up to speed. They are impressive. And yes, I believe that the plane will be heading in the right direction. That's good news to hear. There was one person in the comments just who also asked unrelatedly, but I wanted to answer it. Stephen Miller, has he been subpoenaed by Special Counsel Jack Smith? The answer is absolutely yes. And in fact, Miller appeared before the criminal grand jury already in Washington, D.C. And of course, Miller's significant for a variety of reasons, including the fact that he wrote the speech on January 6th and uh, purportedly removed language that referenced threatening the life of Pence, and then Trump ad-libbed that back into the speech. So there was uh, that was one of numerous important things. And of course, Miller, Stephen Miller, was involved in a lot of other um, activities, the corrupt activities with Donald Trump. Right before we were set to go live, there was some breaking news being reported by Politico. Uh, Kyle Cheney, who does a great job breaking these stories, so I want to give a shout out to Kyle. That former Vice President Pence uh, will intends to object to the subpoena that he received from Special Counsel Jack Smith. In other words, Pence does not want to show up before the grand jury. He does not want to testify. 
and the grounds that Pence is asserting is the speech and debate clause privilege. Let's just pull up in the Constitution where their speech and debate clause privilege is found. It's uh, Article 1, Section 6, Clause 1, and it says the following. The senators and representatives shall receive a compensation for their services to be ascertained by law and paid out of the Treasury of the United States. They shall, in all cases except treason, felony, and breach of the peace, be privileged from arrest during their attendance at the session of their respective houses and in going to and returning from the same. And for any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. And what that has been interpreted to mean is any legitimate legislative activity, not just speeches, that take place in the House of Representatives. So you may recall, for example, Lindsey Graham asserted the speech and debate clause privilege to try to avoid testifying uh, before the Fulton County Grand Jury. He ultimately lost that, where his activities outside of the House, outside of the Senate, and that were not viewed as legitimate legislative activities, threatening, exhorting uh, people to change the vote count in favor of Trump. In other words, encouraging people to commit crimes is not covered here. Uh, many people thought that Pence was going to assert an executive privilege, which he would likely have no chance of prevailing on the executive privilege. Um, one, because the executive privilege is held by uh, the current administration, not the former uh, administration. Also, if there's a compelling need by the Department of Justice, which is the executive branch, that can override the executive privilege and the Department of Justice has been successful in compelling the testimony over Trump's assertion of the executive privilege for people like Mark Short uh, and Greg Jacob. Those were former top Pence aides, former chief of staff, former general counsel, and people like Pat Cipollone and Patrick Fillman. Trump's former top White House lawyers who Trump asserted the executive privilege for. So he really had no shot there. He's going for the speech or debate clause, because if you turn to Article 1, Section 3, Clause 4 of the Constitution, it also says the vice president of the United States shall be president of the Senate, but shall have no vote unless they be equally divided. So Pence is basically saying, I was actually serving in the capacity, a dual capacity, so I want to be treated like I was a senator as the president of the Senate and my legitimate legislative activity, my work in connection with my job as being the former president of the Senate, that is um, constitutionally protected and I shouldn't have to testify. It's never been tested before. It'll find its way to the Supreme Court. The courts over time have had a relatively expansive view of the speech and debate clause speech and debate clause privilege, um, both in terms of it applying to former uh, members, you know, as, as long as the, when the conduct occurred, not who the current administration is. And also, uh, it's also applied to staffers of members of Congress, not the Congress members themselves. And so would this be a further extension of that? But then it just the non-legal analysis and the broader point, too, that we should discuss, Cohen, um, as well, though, is that just shows you that if Cohen wants a if uh, if Pence wants a political career here, he's got to do every single thing to try to appease Donald Trump. And 
this is not someone in Mike Pence. You know, I know a lot of people are very laudatory of him during the January 6th. Oh, he did the right thing. He did the right thing. But he's really a spineless traitor when you really break it down. You know, Ben, you said something which is very interesting, that this has never been tested before. How many times have we now heard this coming out of either the Trump administration or the former Trump administration? We've never seen anything like this before. And the reason that this is all happening, the reason why we've never seen it before is because no other president, no one other than Donald Trump before him and God willing after him would ever look at and ignore the Constitution, would ignore the rights of the people simply to benefit themselves. And Mike Pence's fear is not necessarily of Donald J. Trump, but rather Trumpism. Meaning that there, he's more concerned about Trump's base, that 28% that are diehard die Trump fanatics, that they are willing to, you know, to go to bat for him. They're willing to attack the Capitol, despite the fact that Donald, of course, was at the White House under, you know, the full protection of Secret Service, watching as this thing unfolded on his televisions, enjoying it. So... A, there's a big difference between his allegiance to Donald Trump and his allegiance to Trumpism. And that's a big problem that we're seeing with the Lindsey Grahams. We're seeing them with even, for example, Nikki Haley, who today announced that she herself is going to run for the presidency as against Donald um, in 2024. They are all concerned about the group of individuals that are so loyal, for whatever their reason might be, that are so loyal to Donald that that could end up creating political nightmares for them. And again, most of these politicians only care about themselves and their next election. So who knows? And we'll see what happens with Pence. My hope is that he does not get to invoke any privilege he, like everyone else that was involved, needs to come forward. They need to testify to the truth. Now, there's a couple of folks that are part of our brigaders that clearly not. They're just um, Trump supporting. They're part of that 28%. One guy asked whether or not my goal is to hurt Donald. And I've made it crystal clear, so maybe you weren't on before with us, or maybe you just don't pay attention, or maybe you just don't have the mental capability within which to listen and to understand what I'm trying to say. I do not want to see, and some of you may, may have heard this before, so please bear with me. I do not want to see Donald Trump indicted. I do not want to see Donald Trump uh, prosecuted. And I do not want to see Donald Trump incarcerated or some form of incarceration because I dislike him, because I fundamentally disagree with almost every single thing that comes out of his mouth. I want him to be indicted, prosecuted, and convicted. It's kind of mind-blowing that Michael Cohen spent 10 years the with Trump. The illegal and improper and unethical actions taken by a man who does not want to be and never wanted to be president of the United States, but rather a ruler, rather uh, an autocrat, monarch, dictator, supreme leader. All right? That's what I want to see. I want him... To be held accountable, I know what, uh, uh, just like you would, just like I was, just like anybody else <clears> in the country 
would be if, in fact, that they committed the same thing. And rest assured. Point. Period. Just had <laughs> Exclamation point. I think my Comma. Everybody wants to blame Trump movement. of
here in America. And dash dash. Exclamation point. <laughs> Yet, ratings grabber of bringing... Just for his fucking... <laughs> kind of like seeing Osama Bin Laden's trial and Trump is the biggest fucking exclamation point I for one public execution. A drop in the bucket. Ensure it. Punishments. <laughs> <laughs> 